Teen Speak. Empowering today's youth. The purpose of Teen Speak is to allow teens a safe space to share stories and strategies around challenges and inspire other teens on how to meet their own challenges or make their mark in our world. Some of our guests may have done some inspiring things that may not resonate with everyone's views be it personal or political. This is not a political podcast and though we have our own personal views, our guests do not necessarily reflect our views. They're simply here to share a story and experience in hopes it inspires others to be the best version of themselves and make the impact they desire in the world. Welcome everybody to another episode of Teen Speak Empower Today's Youth. I am youth leadership and empowerment coach Antoine Thompson in North Carolina. And I am youth empowerment leadership coach Keith Sensor based in New York. New York, North Carolina represented. And today we have another young man from North Carolina. Uh, this is a young man I, I know very well. I've known him for about seven years. And he I've seen him grow from a middle schooler. and He's now a junior at Greystone Day School. And he has a young man that has a lot of promise, a lot of energy. And we're excited to have Drew Bitzer join us. How are you doing today, Drew? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing magnificently marvelous, as I always am. You know me. Yes, sir. Well, listen, first thing I want to ask you, Drew, is for you to share with us who you are, where you're from, and what you do. So, as he said, I'm Drew Bitzer. I'm from Salisbury, North Carolina. Uh, I'm a junior in high school at Greystone Day School in uh, Meisheimer, North Carolina. Uh, I mean, I love sports. I just, I mean... If it was go out with friends or watch sports, I'm always going to pick watching sports because that's just that's just who I am. And like I'd rather just watch a basketball game than go and talk to friends because I just find basketball or any any type of sport more fun than that. Uh, I play three sports: soccer, basketball, and track. Uh, I've played basketball all my life, and I just started running track last year. And soccer, I only play soccer because we don't have a football team, and it keeps me in shape for basketball. So that's really. I mean, that's all all really, you know, you have to know about me. So that's all we need to know about you. (laughs) I mean, I think I'm a, I think I'm a fun guy. I mean, (laughs) if if you ask others, they may say I'm a bit uh, wild at times, but it's just because I'm an energetic person and like, I I have no filter. So whatever, whatever pops up here, I'm going to say it. And uh, if you don't, some people don't like it, but like, if you don't like it, then uh, just don't ignore me, just ignore me or just tune me out. So. I mean, that's what I mean. I like to I like to defend myself. And if you say something about me, uh, I'm not going to turn the other cheek. I'm going to come right back at you. So. But I mean, that's that's really mostly it about me. Well, I'm, I'm going to add to that. that you, yeah, you are very outspoken, but it's also a sign of confidence. Right. Yes, sir. You, you, yes, sir. We've had the, com- the, the com- uh, conversation about confidence versus cockiness. It's great to come across confidently and lets people know that. And your point, your your point about uh Somebody says something, you're gonna, you know, hold your ground, and that's what you have to do. But it's a, yes, about sir. doing it respectfully, and and that, that's yes, one of the things that you've learned to do really well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I have a question, just because you know we're talking about teens, right, and what goes on. So clearly, like you know, your confidence comes through, and but and I love the fact that you're, you don't, you know, clearly you don't care what people think, right? You're willing, you're who you are, and yes, sir. Really important to be authentic and be able to just be who you need to be and not care what people think. It's a really powerful powerful place to come from but what about have you ever had scenarios where you're able to use your strength of you know not being afraid to speak out to you know witnessing 
something going on with other teams that like you felt like this isn't right, like having to stand up for somebody maybe that couldn't defend themselves or you've had a situation like that. And like, what did that feel like and how did you manage it? Um, I think, yeah, I've, I mean, I've had multiple times where that's happened, especially during soccer, uh, because we're last year, we were like a senior heavy team and we had a bunch of freshmen and, uh, you know, the seniors wouldn't really pick on the freshmen, but they wouldn't really treat them nicely or like fairly in my opinion. So like I would, you know, I, one time we were walking the locker room and a freshman asked to like use a locker and there was no one sitting in the locker and the senior was like, no, you can't have it because you're a freshman. So then I kind of like stepped in. I was like, just let him use the locker because, you know, he's a part of the team and, you know, we got, we got to come as we got to band together and like just be in it together. And by doing by him, by the senior, not letting the freshman have the locker, it just like, it just didn't feel right to me. So like, I was like, I need to step in and, and do something about it. And I mean, that happens all the time. And I think sports, but I just try to like be the best leader I can be. And I run, I always kind of lead by example because I try to be outspoken, but sometimes I feel like it's just better to kind of like be quiet and just lead by, lead by example in some ways. Yeah. That's a great answer. That's the, sometimes that's the best leaders are those, right? Sometimes your yes, true power comes from observing leaders that possess that versus taking action just 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 doing what you need to do and setting an example is oftentimes a much more impactful way of leading than telling you what to do or leading by and 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 to me uh i find i like uh, i gravitate towards people who lead by example and because some seniors on our basketball team they you know they would tell us what to do and that just i was like how about you show me that you can do that first and then I will follow your lead because I would, I would rather see you do it first and beside or versus them asking me to do something and, but they can't do it. So I'd rather, I mean, for me to see that you're a leader, I need to see that you can do it and then you can do it. And then you can and ask us to do it as well, because if I know you can do it, then I can do it as well. Sure. So that's just, that's my, that, that's my big thing. Great. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick to this leadership thing, Drew, because you gave a great setup. So, Keith, every summer, uh, I think which I told you before, we have a summer league, and and I have the high school kids that are actually coaching the younger kids. You now, Drew started with us when he was in the fifth grade, and he is now not only a participant, but now he's a coach. He's coaching and mentoring the next generation of leaders, and he gets the opportunity to coach uh, fourth through well ninth graders um, last year. And so, Drew, I'd love for you to share with us, just based on what you just shared with uh, Keith and myself about the experiences you've had about leadership with your basketball team, what the experience of being a leader in that summer league has done for you and how has it helped you in your leadership skills? Um, it definitely gave me, like, the other perspective because all my life I was the person being told what to do and having to look at other people lead. But to be the leader, it, I mean, it felt really good. I mean, I was able – to like, like really break things down. And then I could like call on, I knew I could lean on some of my players like Isaiah. Uh, I knew I could lean on him because he respected me. So I knew I could call on him to be a leader and that he would lead. So it, it really gave me like a coach's perspective because I've, I've never had that perspective, but now I see, you know, when I'm watching my teammates try to lead, I'm like, okay, now I have that coach's perspective and I can, you know, kind of lead. I can help them lead a little bit. I can be my own leader, and it, it just gave me a really good perspective, I feel like. 
Yeah, I think the other part, <laughs> Keith, I'll tell you, he, he mentioned a young man, Isaiah. I think Isaiah listened to you more than he did me because Isaiah played for me this year. I think he listened to you better than he listened to me, so you might be a better leader than me. <laughs> oh, Different type. What's that different type? Yeah. Leader. Oh, absolutely. And Drew's um, it's energetic, and I'll have to share some videos, some clips of him, man. This guy, when he gets into it, he reminds me of me, his coach. He gets all into it. But I mentioned earlier on before we came on that I was going to reference something that we talked about a couple of years ago in a group setting when we were talking about, and if you might remember this, I asked you guys the question, who should be developing the leaders of tomorrow? You remember me asking that question and we were going around? You had a very interesting answer. And if you remember, if you don't, I'll kind of lead you in. But I think I, you remember what you uh, said when I asked you that question? I don't think so, no, sir. Okay, so I'll give you, uh, give you uh, some insight. The couple of the answers were people like Keith and myself, the old farts, uh, people like Coach Hayden or you know, kids are in college. You know, who has the most impact on your generation of young people, in your opinion? In my opinion, I mean, I think I mean, I think of it. I, I'd say it's 50 50 because I feel like we as the current generation have a big impact on our current generation. But I also feel like the the people who are like maybe two years older than us also have a big impact on our generation as well. But I, but I think it's up to us, our generation to have an impact on our own generation because that, because we know what we're going through and like, you know, teachers and parents can say, Oh, we, we've been in your same shoes when like my, my dad and mom were not, they did not have iPhones and things like that when they were around because they're kind of older. Um, but like, and they say that, I, mean, I love them, but they say like, Oh, we know how it feels. I'm like, well, no, you don't because of you've never been in my shoes. You may have had a, like a, something that's happened to like make you feel like you've been in my shoes, but you haven't directly been in my shoes. I feel like with social media and everything like that, it just has changed how we look at things and i think it's on my generation or like anyone's generation to impact their own generation i feel like so i want to ask you a question and a follow-up question to that all right because I, sure. I think it's great what you just said i mean i i have this kind of i work with teens all the time right and the conversation i constantly have with them is i'm always very careful to let them know like what you just said like i you know i didn't have access to all this information i didn't have the internet like i you know like like i remember when 9 11 you weren't even born 9 11 happened right my daughter was a year like i told the person i told the babysitter don't put the news on hide the newspapers i don't want my kids seeing this and being freaked out and scared right like now you know like you can't you can't miss it right so my first question is this is i'm a huge proponent of taking this generation the gen z generation and having what you know having this gen doing what I do to teach this generation, how can you be better than my generation, right? How can you how can you learn from what we don't do well and make it better? So I'm gonna ask you a question, I'm gonna ask you a follow-up after. The first yeah. question is, so as a teen, right? Looking, having access to all this information and seeing what's going on in the world and seeing what's going on in this country, right? What emotions, how do you feel? Like when you look at, when you look at our country, you look at our, and by the way, I'm not, this is not political, so we don't have yes, to talk. Sir, yes, sir. Just generally, when you look at the government, when you look at what goes on in our Congress, when you look at, you know, just things that happen in the right, right school shootings or 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 whatever, 
how does it make you feel as a teen growing up? Like, do you have emotion? Do you, do you get like any ever get any like visceral reactions or like strong emotions around this? And like, what's your perception of that? And the reason I asked the question, I think a lot of what happened in, in politics lately is your generation, those that are 18, are actually going out and voting. When I was 18, I never voted. You know, it wasn't it's like, oh, I'm not doing it. I'm not run, right? What's your generation feel? Like, what do you see? How do you feel? What, what, what? What thoughts and emotions go through your head when you think about like I want to I can change this like I want to change this and why? I think, and I mean at my school and I see my classmates. I mean some of them really care about what's going on, and then others like my not like myself, but others just like don't really care. And I think I'm I'm kind of in the middle because there are things that I can control and I can't control, and to me. Like when I see what's going on with the Congress and like the government, like I, I mean, I care to a certain extent, but I'm also like, well, I can't control anything about that. So why would I get emotionally invested? I'm the type of person like, if I can't control it, I'm not really going to get emotionally invested in it. But I think I feel I'm not worried. I just hope I feel like we need to turn it, not turn it around, but make some tweaks in certain places. So further generations can feel okay about where our country is and things like that. That's a Yeah. That's a great answer. So here's my follow-up question, right? We're all raised wherever we, we, we all grow up with whatever values, you know, our enculturation, right? Like our external factors and the things we see and um, experiences that shape us and the values that our parents instill in us. Right. That gives us a certain set of belief systems that we have. Right. And mm -hmm. You have kids from all over this country, right? And some of those belief systems are not going to jive, right? You might have some on this side and some on this side. How do we? How does your generation, like, what do you? What do you think your generation needs to do to get you you guys now talking about these things and finding common ground on it? So as you grow up, you're you're growing up together and you're understanding each other's perspectives and learning to put through put forth agendas that serve the greater good versus serving one side or another. Does that make sense? My question. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I've always been a big guy. I've always been a big fan of just sitting down and talking. Like I think my generation needs to just sit down, talk about our differences and like, just, you know, respect one another because I feel as if, if we just can sit down, we'll realize we have more in common with each other than we think because I mean, right now, I feel like everyone just kind of like yells at each other or they don't really know each other and like they're picking arguments. But I feel like if we can just sit down and just talk about it, well, like most of these problems will go away. And I just I mean, I was raised if you have a problem with someone or like if you don't know someone, how about you just sit down and talk to them and get to know the real them? And that's something I like really advocate for. And I think we need to do that. But I mean. I think that's easier, easier said than done. But if my generation can start that, I think we'll be set up in the long run for, you know, good, good things. hundred percent. Yeah. Great answers, Amanda. Yeah. That kind of leads to one of the things you put on your form when you filled out, we were talking about the, your generation and, you know, you were going to kind of talk about the rising generations and sensitivity is one of the things that you, you mentioned there. Can you want to elaborate on, on what you what you meant by that? You know, this rising generation being sensitive? I think 
I mean, I think just the rising generations have always been told yes. And I think that's a, and they're not exposed to, they're not told the truth. Like I like to keep it, like I, I, I like to keep it real. And like, I'm, you know that coach D like, I like to keep it real, but these younger generations are becoming more sensitive. I feel like, like, and their parents, I mean, their parents tell them yes to everything. And when they're told no, they freak out because they've never heard that word before. And I think just, I mean, the freshman year at Greystone, they're, they're sensitive because, you know, they'll be, I'll be like doing something and then, and I'll bump into someone by accident and then they'll freak out. Like they've never been taught. No, they've never been taught. You know, like I was always growing up, like you can't always have things that you want. You have to work for them. But I feel like these younger generations, oh, mom, I want, a, you know, an Xbox. Okay, you can have it. Like these younger generations don't know what it means to work, I feel like, or they've never been told no before, I feel like. That's a good point. So that, yes, sir. No, it's a great point. And, and I think the three of us would agree 100% that that, that is a, a major issue because it's going to uh, not, it's going to enable this behavior to continue but it also goes back to what you said before that this generation has the ability to you know to change things and go in that right direction and you're in a position to be that type of leader you know forget about the basketball court everything i'm hearing here is you're a natural born leader and you can influence people the right way and i think that the examples you're even sharing are opportunities for you to write the ship for that younger generation and you know i'm always telling you embrace the opportunities right and you're putting yourself in a position to positively influence that next generation of leaders. So you definitely want to do that. So what to ask you the second part of that um, about the sheltered part of how this younger generation is somewhat sheltered. I think you, you wanted to kind of share a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, I mean, I feel like these younger generations, like they are, I mean, sheltered is like the word I would use because my, I mean, at least for me, I was always told the truth because my parents always kept it like 100, as I would say. I feel like these younger generations, I mean, they're just not told the truth or everything. They're just kind of like, they're kind of half told the good stuff and they're not told the bad things that come in life, I feel like, you know. So, I mean, that's, I think what that's what I meant by that. Now, I also think it leads to another <clears throat> um, issue is this whole thing of failure, right? So when, when they're not told no, or when they get everything they want, right? Yes, sir. We also tend to be protected from, right? A lot of parents want to protect. They, listen, we, I'm a parent, right? I have two kids. Like I love my kids. I don't want anything to happen to them. I'm going to do everything I can to protect them. I just have a very, my mindset is always like, I love my kids, but like, if you need to screw up, you need to screw up. Like I'm not going to bail you out. You need to experience it, right? You got to, got to feel the burn, yes, right? Yes, and believe me. It's painful to watch as a parent. Like I know that, you know, I see him on flames and I'm like, oh God, like it hurts to watch. Yes, but I know that I'm doing the right thing for them because I know there's a lesson there. And yes, I think your generation for sure, it's just, how do we, you know, how do we get back to being okay with failure and understanding that, you know, because the truth is now is when you got to take risks, right? Like I always say this, even kids that go to college and like, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. I'm like, you know what? You're 21. You're graduating college, 22. You got another eight years to screw around and figure it out. When you hit 30, yes, you might not have a plan, but like yes, all the time to take risks and fail and screw up and try different things. How do you, you know, how do you get that message across to the, to your generation and get them to understand the value of failure and, and risk? 
I think the biggest, like the biggest learning in life comes from failure. I feel like because you now know not, you now know what not to do. Because I feel like if you're always winning, you never, you're just going to stick to that. But if you fail and fail and fail, you now know, okay, I do not need to do that next time. It's like, I mean, it's kind of like for me, like, like asking out a girl to on a date or, you know, shooting an air ball in the back or shooting like an air ball in the basketball game, you know, like, okay, now I need, if I shoot it and I miss it and I air ball it, now I know, okay, I need to probably bend more, bend my knees more and, you know, you know, think about, just think about, you know, everything like that. And then next time when I do it, I'm thinking, okay, bend my knees. And then when I make it, you know, I learn from failure and that set, set me up for success. I feel like. Sure. No, those are those are great answers, uh, Drew, and that's why I said I knew, I knew you'd be open and honest, and that's what we want to hear is uh, because you're going to encourage and inspire more of your peers to to not only think differently but also to stand their ground and and be open and willing to you know speak their mind. And I think that's sure. one of the other things you're talking about shelter. I think a lot of kids are afraid to speak up sometimes because they don't realize that, or they're afraid of what the repercussions are going to be if they speak their mind and. You don't know, like you just said in your example, you don't know until you make those steps and, and decide that, hey, you know what, I'm going to speak up. And guess what? I may learn something by what I say yes, or somebody may learn something from what I say. But either yes, way, you don't know until you actually speak up. Yes, sir. Let me ask a question. So what, like, like joking aside, because we talked about it before, what, what do you want to do when you grow up, when you're a big boy? What do you want uh, to I would love to play a sport in college. Um, and then I would love to work at ESPN or something like that because I would like have my own talk show because I feel like I can, uh, I can talk for hours about sports and I feel like I'd just be good at that. I mean, I, they may have to censor me a little bit because I just start saying anything, but I mean, I just, sports are my life. I love sports. So anything in sports would be fun to me. That's great. It's a lot of opportunities. That's a, it's a big field. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, when you when you get there, you let me know because yes, sir. You know, as I know a lot, I have a lot of people that I know in that field, so I'll be happy yes, to production for you. Thank you, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, and I'll back that up, hey, Drew. You know, you and I are close, but every anything you ever need, you know, you can always call me, right? Yes, sir. Well, after, yes, sir. Well, after today, if you can't get a hold of me, you get a hold of Keith because yes, sir. That's what how is. that's how we work. Two peas in a pod, man. I just have a better yes, tan than he does. <laughs> better what? <laughs> better tan. Better tan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, hey, not that good. That's okay. Hey, well, look, let me tell you, he's not kidding when he says he could be a sportscaster. This guy will come in and be spouting off stats for NBA players. That I mean, you ask him, he knows it. And I'm sitting there going, ah, da, da, da. oh, by the way, who's your favorite college team? Clemson, Clemson yeah. for sure. Yeah, we I knew that one was coming. So, uh, history. Your history buff. You like history? Uh not. I mean, a little bit, I guess. I mean, okay. So, yeah, I mean, you everything in to... school. I feel like I. Or go ahead. No, go ahead. I, mean, I, I was just gonna say everything in, I learned in school. I mean, I may have, I made this case to my dad. I can either Google it or won't need it in life. That's that's my kind of my attitude about it at the moment. <laughs> you can Google it. Yep. Or you just won't need it. I mean, either yeah. some of that. Well, either way, you'll have it, and then you'll know you don't need it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I uh, want to share something, and I'd love for you to talk about it, because we, we talk about adversity a lot. 
Yeah, right. And young people go through a lot of adversity. You went through a lot of adversity with basketball this year. And from a record standpoint, from a chemistry standpoint, just a lot of different things, right? Yes, so love for you to share the the frustrations of you know the season, and then you can share as much or as little as you want, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. But I reason I want you to share this, this is a great uh, learning tool. Because you have a great personality, great attitude. But when people hear about kind of what your bat, uh, basketball season was like, they'll be like, dude, how can you be like that with that kind of season? But I'd love for you to share that. So we haven't had a win. We haven't gotten a win in like three years, I think. And so it's been it's been definitely tough on the on the basketball team. And so that kind of that not as many people try out anymore, which is fine. Uh, you know, more playing time for me. But this season, I mean, this season, I started off the bench or, I, you know, was a, like really deep down on the depth chart, played our first game, you know, I hustled hard. Then we had a back to back. So the next night I was six man and that felt really good. And I had a bunch of points that game. Then I was six man again and just came up, kept come off the bench. And then he finally put me in and then just getting the chemistry down with some of my teammates was hard. And then, you know, I, I torn my rotator cuff a few years ago and it never really properly properly healed. And I'm not, I'm not that big of a guy. So I kept falling on it and having to battle through that while not winning was tough because it's like, we're not winning and I'm hurt. You know, why, why am I doing this? And I was like, well, I'm not a quitter. So how about I just keep going until, you know, I can't. And then we got to a game on a Friday night at home against South Stanley and they blew us out. It was like 70 to 17. And our coach was not happy with us at all. Um, at halftime, you know, he let us hear it. And, um, you know, I'm a – or I'll go ahead and tell you all what he did. Uh, you know, during the second half, he just pouted on the sideline, like, you know, face like this, you know, crying, upset. And we had no coach for the rest of the game. And so I'm, I'm a big guy. Is you, never, you never give up. Like, I don't care if you're down a million. You, I'm going to keep trying. And that really hurt me because I love playing the game and I, I didn't want people to think Grayson was just a bunch of quitters because we're not, we're trying our hardest to win. It's just our coach is pounding on the sideline and that's not a good representation of the team or guys on the team. And so then I went to the doctor for my shoulder, uh, had to sit out six games, came back, played the last two games. We know we never won, but it was just uh, the adversity, I guess, was just trying to c- like finding a way to keep going because when you're not winning, I feel like it's hard to keep going. And I was just, I was like, I'm not a quitter. Like you got to come on now and just like, you got to keep going and finish this season out. And I, I I mean, I did, but it was just really hard because our coach, like I said, just, you know, he pouted, he never really apologized. And that hurt me because that's not who we are, but everyone out that game thought we were just a bunch of powders. So that, that definitely hurt me, but I mean, it was just keep, keep going, you know, don't give up and just keep going. So, now I know that your um, coach is no longer there, correct? Yes, sir. He got he got dismissed uh, last I think last Thursday. But what was one of the things that he told you was going to happen for next year before he was? He told me I was going to be a captain, and uh, I was really excited for that. And uh, now I'm I'm just I'm just not sure about what's going to happen next year. I want to play. But I, I also want someone who will come in and do it for the kids and not just the check. You know, that's a big thing to me. Like, I got to see that you care. 
And uh, I mean, I just, I, I mean, I would just really hope, you know, admin and AD find someone good to hire because I mean, it's my last year and I want to enjoy it. And, you know, everything was lining up, you know, I was going to be a captain for the first time in my life, but then, you know, they dismissed them. So, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I can't really control anything. So. So Keith, what I heard there, I, I, I love for you to chime in, but what I heard was here's a guy that was uh, deep on the bench, works himself into the sixth man, then is, works himself into the starting lineup, then he gets hurt, misses six games, comes back, plays the last two, misses six games, and by the end of the season, coach tells him he's going to be a captain next year. Resiliency at its finest. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I, and the other thing, what I was going to comment on is I love how you – because this is one strategy I wish – so many other teams would would adopt when you said um you can't control what you can't control and you're not going to get emotionally invested in something that you can't control like i don't think you realize how powerful a statement that is and how true that is and i think that is such a hard thing for teams to do right like they they because i say it all the time but again that's why we do this podcast right because it's one thing hearing it from me and antoine but hearing it from another teenager right like that is vital. Like when they, when you could recognize, you know what, I cannot control this, so I'm not going to allow it to control me. It, it's a whole. That's a growth mindset. It shifts your whole mindset around things. It's it's a it's just such a healthy way to think. Unfortunately, it's not. That's not so common among teens. So I hope anybody listening to this that is a teen can take that away from this because that is a like that's like a golden nugget you just shared, and like really. Powerful, powerful point. See, I told you you were going to bring some nugs, man. You're going to bring it, man. Yeah, you're going to bring yes, it. Sir. Oh, by the way, uh, Keith's nickname is DB. We just call him DB. DB. And I have a special name for that, but we won't get into any of that. But it's all good. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know that. I'm not even sure what DB means now. Yeah. Yeah, it's just initials. Drew Bitzer. But gotcha. Yeah, we got a special name, but he's, just, he's dynamite. He's dynamite. Gotcha, gotcha. I thought you said Keith. I'm like, DB. I'm oh, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, down here in North Carolina, our language had to, uh, several different meanings. DB could mean Keith. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Drew, listen, man, I am so excited to finally get you on here. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Oh, no, absolutely. We're not done yet. We've got some questions. we got some questions to ask you, man. Okay. You don't get off okay. that easy, man. Okay. Good Lord Almighty, right. bro. Hey, listen, we've already asked you some tough questions, and you've answered them, I mean, stupendously, marvelously well. And that's not even accurate and correct English, but that's Coach T English, and it works for me. So I'm going to ask you uh, several questions. One of them you kind of answered, so I'm not going to ask you that about failure because you gave a great answer uh, dealing with that. And, and your example with your basketball team is a great example of how you uh, face adversity in, in the the failures of not winning games and things of that nature. But the first question is, um, who is your biggest influence and why? My biggest influence? Mm -hmm. So it could be anyone, you said? My biggest influence? I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean, you influenced me a lot because I know, like, when I called you after that night when he was pouting, you know, you told me, you know what I could do, and I, I really took that to heart because I was like, okay, like I know he's, you know, he's a coach, so he knows, you know, how that feeling is, and you know, I he really helped me because I, you know, I texted the group chat. I was like, hey guys, we just got to band together and you know, not not let our actions, the actions of the coach, 
derail us from the from the goal the, or from the goal of the season to win a game. And I, I mean, I mean, I'd say that, yeah. Well, I appreciate that, but you know, you're, you're, I know your parents, man. I knew your parents got to be an influence to your life, man. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that, yes, but yeah, that's almost that's a small influence, man. It's got to be a bigger influence to your life than that. So, you know, your parents are, are great people. So, I, you got to put your parents up there. Oh yes, sir. I mean, my dad, my dad's always been, you know, he's kind of he's a tougher guy because, you know, I, I mean, I gravitate towards him because he, he never played sports, but he has really good advice, and my mom does too. You know, my mom's a lawyer, so like she'll, I, she taught me how to fight for myself, and my dad ha- taught me how to be tough. So I mean, they they just really helped me become the person I am today. They did a good job. Yeah, they did a great job. They're still doing a good job. Got another year to go before you get out of that house, man. Uh, yeah, oh, by the way, are are you going to Clemson? You, you want to go to Clemson, right? Yes, sir. But I, I would like to run track somewhere. So um, I'm I've been in touch with some coaches at like Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, I've been in touch with him, and you know, if I can keep running well this year, I think they may offer me, so that would be awesome. Hey, did you know that when I was assistant coach at Randolph College, the head coach at Roanoke was the head coach at Randolph when I was there, Clay Nunley. Really? Yeah, basketball, That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's a basketball coach there at Roanoke. Yeah, he sure is. Um, so next question is, uh, what is your biggest strength, and how would you use it as a superpower? Probably, I mean, I'm really fast, so probably, probably that, because then I could run places and beat everyone places i mean and yeah just kind of like the flash i guess you know white lightning so basically. <laughs> yes i saw that post on tiktok white lightning what does that say how did you start that if you need what it was like if you need a fast white boy you know who to call white lightning white lightning yeah <laughs> i love it i love it so my last question yeah go ahead Keith. I said, there's your superhero. We'll just call him White Lightning. <laughs> just White Lightning. Yes, DB, White Lightning, man. I love it. I love it. So uh, what kind of impact do you want to make on the world? I mean, I want to obviously make a positive impact. I just want to – I want people to look at me and, like, look at everything I've done, you know, and no matter how hard, you know, people's situation is, just, like, keep going because that's my thing is, like, I got to keep going. You know, I can't let one thing ruin my day. You know, I can – you can sit there and think about, oh, you know, someone just said something mean to me for like five minutes, but after that five minutes is up, forget about it and move on. You know, I just, you know, just keep going and not letting others affect who you are. Because I've, I, if I let people, if I, if I care what people think about me, I don't think I would be the guy I am today, and I haven't. So that's how I mean. I just, you know, I'm all, I, I'm no filter, you know, and you know, that's always how I've always been. And you know, if I let people you know, affect me, then I wouldn't be here today. But, I mean, I'm here, so I would just keep going, I guess. Hey, you're tough, dude. There's no doubt about that. I've seen – I know some couple things you've gone through and you bounced back and uh really proud of you. And I think you've shared some great advice for your peers and other young people to uh, take away and apply to their lives, you know, not being sheltered, speaking up, taking responsibility and all those good things. Keith, yes, do you sir. want to – final thoughts from you? Yeah, I just think I think you shared a lot of good information. I think, uh, you know, listen, it's all about this is all about empowering, right, the next generation. So I think, you know, those leadership skills that you possess, like just just who you are, this authentic person who you are, which is great. Like, just, you know, make sure you stay that course. Right. Don't let anything knock you off of it. And because the truth is, you don't you might not realize it, but you being who you are, you are definitely impacting your peers. They may not say anything to you. They may not comment 
but you should just know you, you definitely are. You are impacting yes, people. Thank continue. you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, continue to just be who you are and be authentic and you know, lead the way you're leading because it's it's important and it's gonna yes, it's sir. gonna it's gonna help change. It's gonna it's get an impact other teens in a positive yes, way. Sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Listen, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you for everybody that's listening. And uh, as always, you know, just remember the only limitations you have are the ones you place on yourself. And just be you because everybody else is already taken. Till next episode, we'll see you. Take care. Are you looking for an experienced youth empowerment and leadership coach to help your teenager find their true north? Look no further. Let Coach Keith and Coach T show you how, through education, support, and inspiration. Visit their websites, shiftyourpower.com and coachtscorner.com, respectively, to learn more about the services they offer and to book a session today.